Good morning. And good morning to you if you're in the Zoom room or on Facebook or wherever you are right now. Please let my words speak for you. As I say, good morning, God. Thank you for the opportunity to be here once again with my family. Thank you for the beautiful day. I open my heart, I open my mind, I open my soul as I prepare to listen to River Diana talking about jumping into freedom. A fairly complex topic. And so with deep joy and deep gratitude for the day Deep gratitude knowing that each one here will get exactly what they need. I say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. I'm sorry. Good morning. If you are new with us here today in the house or new online with us, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director of Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. And I'd like to welcome you home to our independent interfaith community, if you would choose it for yourself. I'd also like to remind you that actually your home is your heart, and so I welcome you home to your own mystic heart. That's where your wisdom can be found. So this morning we begin our meditative journey by joining our voices in song. Welcome home to your mystic heart. Lay aside whatever came before. Let your own intuition start to guide you to heaven's door. Welcome home to your mystic heart. Lay aside. Spirit, my 
and separate us, we are that in, taking a moment to really feel and know our unity. We are one in this and every moment, connected by the very breath that moves into and out of our bodies, connected by the earth and the water that give us nourishment. by the presence of the divine that lives and moves and has its being by means of creation. All nations on the earth, all leaders of all nations upon the earth, all life upon the planet, Nothing can separate us, no matter the appearance. We are one.
we take a moment to experience our oneness with all of life, to honor the connection with our global family, envisioning a web of consciousness that surrounds and infuses the planet and radiates far out beyond that. Each one of us a radiant spark shining within the web. Every human, every creature, every plant shining the one light from the one source. the rocks and the minerals, alive with sentience, the water, the wind, the stars, the planets, and forever on it goes. everything that exists enlivened by the light of spirit. And as we acknowledge our connection with all that is, we are empowered. There is strength in connection. There's freedom in knowing we're not alone. As we come together in prayer and meditation, we leave a positive imprint on human evolution and on the world for all time. In this moment, we set an intention that this imprint be one of love, of peace, joy, beauty, compassion, kindness, contentment. The flow of Teze this morning invites us to consider falling into freedom. But what is true freedom? We might believe that it is the ability to consciously choose our responses rather than being triggered and reacting in any situation. We may define freedom as having the support behind us to openly share our gifts in the world, to give our time and attention to whatever brings us joy. Or maybe it is so much more than that. What if freedom is actually a quality of spirit given to each of us at birth or even prior to being born into this lifetime? Like peace and power, love, joy, and beauty, freedom is part of our nature. We do not have to attain it. 
It is our divine birthright, always available in any moment that we believe it, that we acknowledge it, accept and receive it, and give it a place and a direction in our lives. Right now, in this moment, who you are is eternal freedom. Everything that you imagine yourself to be arises in that freedom, exists in that freedom, and disappears back into that freedom. Freedom doesn't go anywhere. It didn't suddenly appear when you were born, and it doesn't disappear when you die. Freedom is the truth of life. Freedom is who you are. Not who you have named yourself. Your name appears and disappears. Not who you have imagined yourself to be. That changes with time. Not who you feel yourself to be. That feeling comes and goes. Freedom is always here, and there is no end to it. Freedom is the essential nature of consciousness. And consciousness is the source of individual awareness. Falling into freedom. What does this mean? In the physical world, falling is not a pleasant experience. It means we have lost our balance, lost control of our bodies. And in the process of falling, there is a short period of time when we're not sure where or how we will land. Freedom from a person, condition, or situation might come unbidden as when we fall physically. This might look like losing a job, a relationship, a person, or a home. At first it may feel as though we have lost our balance, are not in control, and we might not know which way to turn. And yet, if we can grieve our losses, hospicing what has been, putting it to rest, and at the same time, stay open to possibilities, then we are presented with a new selection of choices. The freedom 
to become someone we've never been before. At other times, falling into freedom comes through our choice to simply let go. To acknowledge our inherent freedom and to surrender to its power in our lives. Surrender. From the Latin, sur means above or over. And render, to give back. So surrendering means giving back over and above what is expected. Could it be that surrender implies a relationship? Not simply an action on our part, but a complete cycle, a cause and an effect. What if when we consciously surrender into freedom, that it is part of our nature, God, Great Spirit, or the universe, automatically offers us a range of possibilities that are generated by our act of letting go and were not available until we surrendered control. What if freedom is a spiritual principle available to all equally but offering its full benefit only as we learn to recognize it to believe that it is part of our nature and to actively engage with it. What if, like the other laws of nature or spirit, we can actually use this principle constructively to stretch the range of the possible in our lives? As we begin to use these questions as the focus of our contemplation, we will begin to notice how and where the principle of freedom is working in our lives. Where do I feel free to practice conscious choice? Where do I believe I have no choice? Is there somewhere that I feel a lack of freedom? And is this lack actually true? Or am I simply afraid of the changes that would occur if I chose freedom? Once I can be radically honest with myself, listening, 
and receiving guidance, then I can ask for the courage and strength to surrender. I can invite the full range of possibility that is the natural response to my letting go. For many of us, the idea of falling has a negative connotation, losing our balance and hitting the ground, perhaps landing hard, may be causing injury to our body temple, or possibly we just embarrassed ourselves, momentarily lost control. We pick ourselves up and look around, nothing hurt but our pride. But falling is a word used to describe beautiful things as well. States of being such as falling in love or the splendor of a waterfall cascading over a cliff, splashing into azure pools far below. If we don't surrender and fall, we miss out on a loving relationship. If the water refuses to fall, there's a little bit less magnificence in the world. Actually, we don't fall in love. We jump. We don't lose control. We surrender to a greater potential. We willing, willingly give up one state of being so that we may experience a more fulfilling one. And maybe the water jumps too somehow knowing that as it careens over the edge, it is bringing more beauty into our world. When skydivers jump out of the plane, they go into free fall, completely surrendered to the law of gravity. They maneuver their bodies in the airstream to experience a few moments of flight Flying has always been a symbol of freedom. The human longing for flight is the desire to be free, free as a bird. I invite us to imagine what would absolute freedom look like in my perfect life? What would my health look like? My finances, my relationships, my contribution to the world. In these moments of shared silent contemplation, let us ask our divine intuition, what outworn beliefs or habitual thought patterns might I need to release to be truly free? Letting go of our bedrock assumptions is a kind of free fall 
jumping into the unknown. Together, we are taking a leap of faith. With profound gratitude, we accept the gifts of this meditation, the divine guidance that leads us into greater freedom, the love and support of beloved community as we take risks and grow, and the courage to let go of what no longer serves us. Thank you, God, for everyone and for everything. 
Marianne Williamson reminds us, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Open and receptive to Reverend Diana's heartfelt words this morning, we allow ourselves to be inspired, encouraged, and empowered with the audacity that is required for falling into freedom. When we are young, we are taught that surrender means to give up, not that it actually means to give back over and above. How might the lives of future generations be different, more courageous, more fulfilling, more peaceful, if we can get this message across? Younger generations are feeling this sense of freedom as part of their nature. It is showing up in ways that can be hard to understand for some of the elders. It is showing up as young people who refuse to take jobs that are meaningless, that serve unhealthy food to their brothers and sisters that take part in practices that are detrimental to the planet. I've heard some say that nobody wants to work anymore. Is this true? Or has there been an evolution of human nature? Are we moving into a time when people actually believe that they have the right to find joy, contribution, and beauty in the work they do in the world. Does this mean that it is not work? Work is simply an act of accomplishment, getting something done. It was never meant to be a four-letter word. What if, instead of judging our young people for refusing to do the unfulfilling tasks that many of their elders did, what if we praised their courage and their unwillingness to conform, giving them our permission to offer their true gifts, to find ways to truly serve in ways that bring passion alive in their hearts? and beauty alive in the world? What if we allow them to stand on our shoulders and support their efforts to create a new way of being in the world? And what if we made similar choices 
even in the later stages of our lives. What if we chose to offer our unique gifts in a way that brings passion and joy and a sense of contribution into our lives? By following their lead and supporting them in following their hearts, would we then become a more conscious and influential part of the transformation we see happening. They could use our support. All that has been spoken is part of falling into freedom. Allowing the principle of freedom to reveal greater possibilities, not only in our individual lives, but in the world. And so holding these words as truth, we close together in prayer. There is only one universal living presence expressing as all of creation. I call that one God, spirit, universe, life, Since all of life is part of this one, each bit expressing uniquely on purpose, then all life is sacred. As one way that source expresses, every human being is on what appears to be an individual journey. But we know that there are common threads of truth that run through all of it. Spirit is constancy in action. And so each of us is using spiritual principle to help co-create our experience of life. As we begin, day by day, to more closely align our thoughts, words, and actions with the integrity and authenticity of the divine. Our lives become more peaceful and joy-filled. As we accept this spiritual journey that we call life as a fully integrated body, mind, and spirit experience, and tend to each aspect of our humanity with great care, we blossom into thriving. As moment by moment we learn to surrender to the order and timing of spirit, we fall into the greatest freedom that we have ever known. Thank you, Holy One, for my growing awareness. May it continue to be fed and nourished. Thank you for this spiritual community and the many ways its members support and love one another. I'm so grateful for the presence of the One in my life, for my willingness to spend time growing my awareness of it and my communion with it. I'm so blessed by the guidance that is always available 
when I ask and listen. May I always remember the truth about you, that your power, your presence, and your love are infinite, without limits of any kind, and that I have been gifted with the divine quality of freedom, that I might discover true liberation within myself and use it for the good of all. Thank you, God, for the many blessings of this and every day. They are too many to name, but ever-present, just the same. Knowing that as I speak and feel the power of this prayer, it is acted upon by the unseen hand, so I can release it in full faith that it is moving into form and experience, right here and right now. And so I do release it. And so it is. Aho. Hmm. Feels good. Coming back into awareness of our bodies, our senses, and the atmosphere in the room. Looking around at those who are here celebrating with us this morning. Feeling a deep sense of heartfelt gratitude for each one. As we close our Teze meditation, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial goods should you choose to do so in support of the good work that we're doing in the community. And boy, that work is growing. It's growing and growing. We hauled a, a truck and a van full of organic food to the mission yesterday, just abundance beyond. Um, We've hauled over 160 loaves of bread to the mission in the last two weeks. Uh, just all kinds of food being distributed everywhere and people eating good food. So as you um, prepare your heart for your giving, um, we invite you to just know that your gifts are, are deeply appreciated. And to share in this video by uh, Sam Garrett becoming one of my favorites right now, for the moment. Too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>
There's no time to hesitate There's a life to celebrate Slow down your pace Meditate on what is true Cause I know You gotta lose your mind To find your soul Well I hope participation in our community you're just showing up showing up here for yourselves and for one another we give great thanks Holy Spirit and so it is so I invite you as you're either going for coffee or leaving or whatever you're doing after we're finished here to um, 
take of the abundance that is once again before us this week. Some of our farmers have asked that we bring a little bit of what we're gathering to our community. Uh, Gary has invited me to pick some tomatoes, which I br brought in, and some of it's from my garden. So it's just coming from every direction, and you are welcome to take. There are some bags underneath. Enjoy, and we'll sing you on to whatever's next for you. Also, I want to remind you that blessing. today is oh, the last day to buy your theater tickets at a discount right. for uh, Wednesday the 9th. We would really love to have a nice group of us. Um, I think Unity has sold their 50 tickets. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> Alrighty. So I have them. And uh, through today, they're $20. And um, then they go to 25 after today. It's for the Rainmaker. It's a, a romantic comedy at the Riverfront Playhouse on August 9th. It's a Wednesday night. And between us and Unity, we've bought out the House of Seats. So we'll have appetizers, and it'll just be a nice time of community and theater. A lot of fun. So I invite you, if you're interested, to uh, come on up and get a ticket at the theater. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. God bless you. Have a beautiful day. Hope to see some of you back at 1030. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning to you in Facebook and in the Zoom room and wherever you're tuning in from. I want to welcome you this morning to our service and to joy and to love. And so if we could just close our eyes for a moment and take a deep breath in, breathing in joy. Breathing out love. And another one, breathing in peace. And breathing out love. And in this moment, letting go of everything that has come before and everything that will be coming after. Good morning, God. Thank you for the gifts of the day and for the presence of my family in this place, physically or not. Knowing 
that we touch, even if we're not touching physically. And so with deep gratitude, I open my heart. I open my mind, I open my soul, as I trust that the message that I receive today will be exactly what I need to hear. As Reverend Diana talks about jumping into freedom. And so I just say thank you, knowing that there's power in my words, they are coming true, even as I speak, and I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. So it is. Amen. And it's actually falling into freedom, not jumping. <laughs> well, then you know where my mind is at. <laughs> might as well jump, you're going anyway. You right? might as well jump, you're going anyway. Good morning. Feel free to stand, sing, dance, shake, whatever you want to do. Sit. If you can make it through both songs sitting down. Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. So welcome to the Mystic Heart. I dare you. Stay sitting down. I dare you. Everybody get up on your feet. to be we are love we are one one big family hey hey yeah yeah hey 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 yeah yeah let us make a joyful sound here we stand on holy ground let us make a joyful sound here we stand on holy ground let us make a joyful sound hey 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 everybody get the blood flowing a little bit and if you want to stay standing you're welcome if you want to sit whatever works for you but the invitation is to allow yourself to feel the presence of life moving through your body you want to call that presence energy universe vibration God it doesn't matter what name we give it I just want you to tune your awareness into your body for a moment Feel that energy as it just courses through your veins, moves in and out of your lungs on the breath, and brings you to life. 
Feel free to keep that bodily sensation engaged as we together practice our vision for a love-soaked world. Where all humans embody and live from kindness and compassion, peace, joy, abundance, generosity, justice, freedom. Where we all live as as if these are the guiding principles, because they are, that guide our every thought, word, and action. Where all humans honor and care for one another, for the earth that sustains us, and for every life form that shares this beautiful planet with us. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings are well fed, and have the safety and comfort of home, where mental and physical health, education, and healthy relationships are ensured by social systems that are grounded in wholeness and wellness, where all beings serve the greater community doing whatever feeds their souls and are well supported for their time and talent. And by that service, each one finds a sense of belonging, a right and true place in the world. We're creating a world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light. Where authenticity and integrity are the norm. Where all are honored for their uniqueness, for their unique gifts and a world in which the peace and the compassion and kindness that we cultivate within ourselves shows up as a world free of violence or hatred. With our growing awareness and by the power of our collective intention, we are writing a new story, a story where there is no greed, where there is just absolute abundance in having enough to live and to thrive. We do not lower our vision, no matter the appearances that face us in the world. We know with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but it is inevitable. It is the way of evolution unfolding. We align our actions to support our vision, and a new world is being born before our very eyes. So we open our hearts, we open our minds, we open our doors, we open our arms in radical welcome, erasing all lines of apparent separation. In keeping with our vision, we create an open and loving community to which all are invited and in which all have an equal voice. Trusting in the power of prayer in whatever form we practice it. We accept its graceful unfolding. We call this vision done. And in sweet gratitude, we release it now to the living, loving, lawful presence that takes it and moves it forward. And so it is. Amen. Satu, Ashe, Aho.
Thank you for joining me in that every week. It changes the whole vibration of my body, for sure, and of this space, when together we practice such a vision. And visioning is creative. Prayer is creative. Changing our thinking from negative to positive states is creative. It's all part of the creative process. So let's take a moment to look around and see who's here this morning. Welcome to everybody. Yay, good morning. These are some of the members of spiritual family that wants to be there for you, to support you, should you choose that for yourself. Do we have anybody online this morning? One? Yes. Is there a name? Yes, Cheryl. Cheryl. Welcome, Cheryl. Good to have you with us online today. She's often right here in the front row. So if you were here at Teze this morning, you know that we've been considering the concept of falling into freedom. And so I'm just going to set some context so we have a springboard to jump and move beyond where we've been this morning. We reflected on the idea of surrender by its literal meaning from its Latin roots. Um, and that means not so much to give up, as we sometimes are taught, but to give back above and beyond what is expected. So that's the lens that we're looking at surrender and falling through. We questioned how our lives might be different if we had learned to see surrender in that light from day one. How might the lives of future generations be different and more courageous and fulfilling and peaceful if we can begin to plant that seed that to, to surrender is a positive thing. It's actually a, an entire process. And we talked about that process as, as we let go, the spiritual principle of freedom takes that letting go and opens up a range of possibilities automatically that were not there prior to our letting go. So it's a surrender is not just an act we do. It's a whole cycle. It's what we do and what comes back as a result of that. That's the giving back above and beyond what we would expect. Suddenly your possibilities have gone from here. Now I've let go. Whoa, look at what comes up for me that I can choose from. So toward the end of our contemplations, I set a line of thought in motion and I'd like us to actually take time with some of these questions and some others this morning and get your, your wisdom and your sense of where we are with these things. So, have you noticed that there are lots and lots of entry-level jobs available right now? Everywhere you go. Have you noticed that? Or am I, it's just me seeing signs? No, it's everywhere. Yeah. Hmm. So what's happening? We're not declining in population. Not really, not yet. 
people don't want those jobs anymore. Oh, people don't want those jobs anymore. Hmm. Why? They don't pay a living wage. They don't pay a living wage. A lot of them are demeaning. A lot of them are demeaning. Mm-hmm. Selling things that are awful. Selling things that are awful. For the earth and for our bodies and okay. unhealthy and people just aren't as interested in doing that kind of stuff. All right. Not my kids. Yeah. Do you think that it has anything to do with a shift in the perspective around the idea of work? The ideas we have about work. Yeah. Um, so I see places that are hiring all the time. Drive around, see signs, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and there's like some fast food places and some other places that actually don't pay that bad. Mm -hmm. You know, like starting you at 18 to make tacos, right, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that might sound interesting, hmm, $18 an hour, but am I going to be happy doing that, right. right? I love what I do for a living, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I enjoy my job, so it doesn't feel so, like, heavy. And, you know, sometimes you go right. to work and you're like, Ugh. yeah, and I, I don't that. feel that way all day long. Yeah. I, I'm content in what I do. Uh -huh. So even though that might give me a little extra money or, tw you know, 27 at some place I saw, but it's like doing a terrible warehouse job. And I was like, no, right, no. Even though that might make a little more money for mm -hmm. me, is it fulfilling? Is yeah. it enjoying my life? No. So that's right. I can keep that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think more and more, that's what I'm hearing from younger people. A very high-paying job is to stand out on the freeway with the signs that say stop yep. or <laughs> slow. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are very high-paying jobs. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. You've got to go to school to be a flyer. They're very boring and very dangerous, right. though, oh, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think the whole perspective around work in the younger generations is different than in older generations. To me, that's really good news. It means that humanity's evolving. We really are, despite appearances sometimes. <laughs> we are, as a human family, we're evolving. How does that point toward an evolution? So just piggybacking on what April was talking about, I, one of the reasons you love your job is there's a, a big element of service right. to humanity and that, uh, to to the planet and humanity, and I think that's what young people are looking for these days. If it's, you know, if it's not serving to make the world a better place, right? What's the point? Yeah. I think there's some information around what is serving to make the world a better place. I mean, James, my partner, he's totally doing concrete most every day, and. Um, kind of likes the interaction with people, but there's this need for some core things that, mm -hmm. you know, people don't necessarily want to be the garbage truck driver. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to figure out how to see the value or see the service in it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, some of the jobs have been compartmentalized and maybe yeah. very small, but on the bigger scale, we have to reevaluate some of those those things as well right. within us. And yeah. Realizing, you know, we're not lesser of a person because we choose to pick up the garbage. Right. 
because those are necessary tasks. So there's right. definitely still a, a balance of it. Yeah. And I think by it coming to the forefront, by these jobs not being uh -huh. filled, that you know we're going to be able to see and shift that and work yeah. with it in a new way. But right. you know, all of us need to value some of those things a little bit differently. You know, right. Get really yeah. spoiled flipping on the light and not realizing that some PG&E guy had to fly a helicopter across a canyon to right. hang that power wire or whatever it yeah. is to get everywhere where it needs to go. Yeah, so because so we're in this transition, this big shift right now. And so, yeah, we haven't adjusted how we view those jobs so that people feel more like they can stand in. You know, I, I'm a trash collector. Brings me joy to pull, make sure the streets are not covered with all this stuff, you know, whatever. So I think, do you think it's possible that younger generations are starting to sense uh, this thing we're calling the principle of freedom as an inherent birthright? As an inherent birthright. We told them it was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Are they just carrying their um, their right to liberty, to freedom, to the next level as part of our human evolution? So I have it, I, I think about this a lot because I hear this a lot from, I work with a lot of people of all ages and a lot of elder people make comments like, the younger generations are so entitled Ooh. And they're not, you know, entitled is actually something we actually are as human beings. We're made in the image and likeness of a creator that entitles us to all good gifts. But that word isn't being used that way when people say they're so entitled. Nobody wants to work anymore. And it, it just strikes me that this is just people saying no to unethical practices or meaningless work things that, you know, soul-sucking jobs. <coughs> it occurs to me that... Chris, back in the back, and then Chris oh. over here. Yeah, go I, ahead. I have a question about, um, there are certain jobs that we just need to have done. Right. So there needs to be, and I think Lori was coming to that, is there has to be a shift in our thinking about service in whatever job right. we're doing. What is the attitude we take into that mm -hmm. job? I had an experience at Michael's. I needed help. There's this girl. She's probably 18, maybe. I asked her a question, and oh, well, it's over there. No interest. No, there's no... Some people just are there to collect the money. Mm -hmm. And so they're not engaging with the service aspect. Right. Even if it is a retail clerk job. Right. Or even if it is the person turning the sign, stop and go, because we need road construction. Right. And we need, so there needs to be a shift in our mm -hmm. attitude about what is meaningful work? How do we engage right. in it? What attitude do we take to it? Yes. So somewhere along the line, those values and that modeling and teaching was not present for that young woman. Chris? The way we were talking about people commenting that young people today are entitled, and we are, we're all entitled 
Mm -hmm. And I think there's a jealousy because the young people have the courage to stand <laughs> up and own their entitlement. Yes. And we have, uh, many of our generation has uh, just let it be taken from us or let it, Right. Have, have, we have not insisted on, on our birthright. Right. Because what we were taught and what was ingrained in us was that you do what it takes to, to support your family, to do whatever, you know, to make your way, you do what it takes. I'm, and I've noticed that there's a little bit of, I've had that experience, by the way, where I'm like, what happened? Like, mm -hmm. people are so rude. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I felt that, like, the younger generation, they're so rude. Like, they don't even want to help at all. Or and I felt that, and I've talked to my daughter, who is 20, mm -hmm. and she's, um, so there's this shift that's happening that I'm seeing also is what we saw as respect. Uh -huh. They're seeing as like, mom, that's obedience. Right. And respect is something totally different than obedience. And you guys were raised and the generations before me of this is what we call respect. And they're seeing that that's just being obedient and there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a difference there. Right. And so I think, like you said, as we're going through this shift, there's a, a lot of things shifting, not just this, a lot. Right, But yeah. that's not the subject we're on today, but um, that it takes time to acclimate right. to these changes. And so we're kind of, as she spoke about, too. Yeah. It's, it takes, it's going to take a little while for us to right. get there. Yeah. To have the conversations about yeah. what respect looks like. What do we mean by that? What do we mean by obedience? And that is another topic, because that word, we totally misuse that word. But Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's behind Alex's yeah, head. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it. So what I was wanting to say is that I've made up this song called My World is Destroyed. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's about this guy who's walking around, stepping on dead bodies from war and broken mm. down war machines. Yeah, that... It sounds like it's kind of a great metaphor. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's mm -hmm. a yeah, it's a song telling you that war is bad. Yeah. And that nobody should go to war. All right. And sounds that's like all a I great have to say. Okay. <laughs> sounds like a great metaphor for the breaking down of all kinds of systems mm -hmm. and the way we're at war within ourselves and with one another, unfortunately, which I appreciate your perspective that war is not where we need to be focused. Great that you're writing music to that effect. Yeah. Awesome. So is there, when I say the word work, you know, we've got to go to work, that sentence. Does anybody here have a negative connotation of any kind with that word? <laughs> So in our minds, sometimes it is a four-letter word. Got to go to work. I'm going to date myself here, but uh, there was a show on in the 60s called Dobie Gillis. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. And yeah. Maynard G. Krebs, <laughs> the, the beatnik. Um, every time somebody would say the word work, he'd go, work! Yeah. <laughs> he was so freaked out about it. He was not, yeah. about, right. not about the work. But what is work? I mean, if you look at the scientific, you know, how science defines work, what's work? Unit of measure. It's a unit of measure for what? Accomplish something. Accomplishment. Getting something done. Getting something done. Change. Being helpful. Being helpful. All right. Yeah. 
So you've made the point a few times that it's sometimes necessary to get things done that nobody really wants to do. So you think that's true? Yeah. Well, what I was thinking about was that song, and it was a movie too, 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. That working 9 to 5, and it's a uh, them and us kind of a thing. Uh -huh. And I think that on a certain level, that's starting to break down. Okay. And perhaps that's one of the reasons things are in flux right now, uh -huh. is because the old way of doing it is, I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. And I expect you to do this, and I right. expect you to do that, and I expect you to hand your soul to me. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that that's changing. Right. The more people get to a point where it's like, uh, no, that's mine, and I'm not giving it up. Yeah. The more other people are going to have to step back and go, what was I really asking them? Right. And to piggyback on that, I, uh -huh. I noticed in my work that uh, that I was doing previously that it was like. They let you know how replaceable you were. Right. Yeah, You're exactly. totally replaceable, and they yeah. didn't treat you well. Right. And they were giving bonuses to people to come in, but they weren't giving bonuses to people that hung in there and stuck right. it out. The harder, the, hard, the harder working people, and uh -huh. so it was just people just started being like, "I'm going to do the bare minimum, exactly what I'm, what my job title is, mm -hmm. and I am not going above and beyond anymore because I'm treated like crap, and you let me know right. that I am very easily replaceable, so I will behave that way." That's right. How, that's how Jason feels. Yeah. He works and trains people, and they don't, he can be replaced. Someone right. else will come in and do it for him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do the same thing he does. Mm -hmm. And he works really hard. Yeah. I keep hearing this, these two words together. I'll hold it for a minute. Go ahead, April. Oh, hey, this whole thing is, it's a huge onion. Right. <laughs> all of us are sitting here Makes go, you cry. running through the layers of all this thing that's wrapped up in this what we're talking about. Uh huh. And what keeps coming forward to me is who are you bringing to work? Right? Mm, so, good so I'm bringing me. Wherever I go, whatever job it is, whatever mm -hmm. I choose to do with my time during the day, I bring me with me into that situation. Can't escape me, I've tried. So, <laughs> I work at a job where I have several co-workers, as do most of us who have jobs, right? Mm -hmm. You've got other people doing the same thing as you. And sometimes it's hard, and you have to remind yourself that everyone's on their own journey, and they're their own person. When I see one of my co-workers doing the exact same job as me, and in a different, not-so-friendly, customer service -y kind of way, right? <laughs> We're doing the exact same thing, but we're having an entirely different experience yeah. because we've brought ourselves mm -hmm. to work. Mm -hmm. So I can, you know, what, what I do for a living gives me a beautiful opportunity to engage, to, to use a skill and people skills and all the things and care for people. And then I have coworkers that just see it as like, oh, I hate this job. You brought you to work today for sure. Mm -hmm. I can go take that, me, and take it into any job and decide who I want to be in that job, find the positive in it, where's the gratitude, yes, I get to provide for my family, I get to do this sort of service, depending on what you think of service, it, everything is, can be service. And you can find joy and, and bring yourself. So I think we first need to decide who we want to bring into a situation. Right. Then they're rude people. And you know what, there's bad drivers. And if you have the two combination together, 
at my job, we say, this is not for you. Right. Go find another job where you fit, where you can take that and, and maybe work in a, in a small office on a phone or where you have minimal human contact because right. this might not be for you. Yeah. So if you can't over here, find your place, but take you where you go and bring right. your bus to you. It's your yeah. choice. Thank you. All true. And I agree exactly with what you're saying. Which mm -hmm. you know, what attitude am I taking into that? And there are also s systems set up within, especially corporate America, mm -hmm. where there isn't that exchange of loyalty, value, right. and the idea of, you know, you're selling your soul to me, my purpose is to make money and for my shareholders and you're just a tool to do it and if you can't do it, I don't need you. Right. Rather than realizing we are all serving one another, but our, some of that corporate system strategies and mentality is very demeaning. And, it and is. It, so you don't feel valued, you feel demeaned, you don't right. really want to participate. And I think this is what our yeah. younger people are experiencing. Right. They're saying, no, yeah, I, I will not participate in this. You will not treat me this way. And, yeah. yeah, and that's, I think, where we're, in my view, where we're moving. Yeah. We're going to start demanding more respect. Even if it is, quote, unquote, a menial job, it still has value. Right. Even if it's just an entry-level job, it still right. has value. Yeah. Look at what happened during COVID. What do they consider to be essential workers? Right. <laughs> yeah. The front garbage line. collectors. Yes. Exactly. Front line. Yeah. Go ahead. I think you, you know you bring up the point of uh, who will do the yucky yucky jobs. You know if we don't pay them and that sort of thing. And it reminded me of the uh, um, the mythology that Gene Roddenberry put together. But that's the baseline for the Star Trek series. It's a world beyond beyond money and everybody is doing what they're called to do right and my understanding of spiritual law is if we let that happen without um, yeah without the lack of respect that we're talking about you know well this is a respectable job that's that's not so much so mm -hmm. I respect you but I don't respect this person but even though you know that is an essential job too but I think if we it seems to me that if, if we let everybody give the contribution that they that they have to bring, I think all the necessary jobs would be filled. We might have to do without coal miners, but that probably maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. So what I'm hearing here is an idea that we've had for a long time that says somebody has to do all those yucky jobs the hard work. And if we just left everybody to do what fed their souls, those jobs would not be filled. Do you believe that that's true? No. no. Do you I believe don't. that's a true story? Because it's just a story. It's a story we carry around. It's the same similar story or part of the story that says that left me waiting tables for 13 years which I did with the spirit like April did. I brought my best self, but it wasn't feeding my soul necessarily. But I had this belief that in order to work my way up to that which does feed my soul, I have to put in my time doing those jobs that maybe I would prefer not to do. 
that is a story that is prevalent. Do you think it's a true story? No. It's true for you if you buy into it. It's true for you if you buy into it. I've actually known a guy that loved being a trash guy, a mm -hmm. garbage man. Loved it. Had all kinds of things he loved about doing it. Was in total service. Found all kinds of cool stuff that he repurposed <laughs> and passed on. I mean, just for many reasons he loved. If yeah. we treat them with more, more respect for doing those type of jobs, I think they'll do it more often. Could be. Because people don't really respect them very well. Right. And could it be that if we had fewer people willing to feed their souls being trash men, we'd make less trash? No. <laughs> oh, I think we are evolving that. We're going to have to or we'll bury ourselves. <laughs> I think by the time we figure out that the trash isn't getting picked up and, you know, somebody has right. to do that job, that we could value it a little better as mm -hmm. well. As yeah, that's true. Definitely get corporations to stop packaging things so much. Yeah, we have some thick, thick, thick stories that we all are just deeply grounded in, and that's part of the shift. I think, too, kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week with what is your idea of success we threw around a little bit. Like, what, mm -hmm. what is that idea right. of success? And, and unfortunately, uh, it shifted into, like, this uh, cultural thinking mm -hmm. that this is the idea of success. It looks like this. You want this that's job. Right. You, and if right. you don't achieve this, mm -hmm. then you have somehow failed or are not succeeding. Right. And society looks at some of those jobs. Why are they called dirty jobs? Or why does right. it? Because there's this idea that's that somehow lower than some other job out there. And we need to shift that right. the way we see things as well. Yeah, so that's another thread in this story that's shifting and that has to shift. Yeah, another layer on the onion. And I think but AI is coming in and taking over all, it's going to take over a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. So it's going to leave a lot of the dirty jobs to us. Mm -hmm. that they, the jobs they can't do, nursing homes, <laughs> right. uh, stuff, you know. Service-oriented service jobs. Service-oriented jobs, mm -hmm. so. That AI can't do. Right. The machine will hold your hand. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. machine can't bring yeah. compassion to you at a bedside. So we're going to be put back in the place of, oh, we're the ones. Yeah. Oh. Serving humanity. It, we're the ones, yeah. So I asked this question, what if the truer story than what we're bought into at this current time, and, and if you're in this room, you're likely in a shift with the story. You're aware that there's a story here. Um, but what if our story is more similar to like if you want to look at sacred scriptures, if you look at the Old Testament and the first story of Genesis, rather than the second story of Genesis. Second creation story is the one where we're kicked out of the garden and you know we're sinful and we're all that. But the first creation myth says, let us make man, let us, okay, this is spirit talking, let us make God in our image, in our likeness so that they may have dominion, not domination. Domination and dominion are two different things, and we like to conflate those things. So that we might have dominion over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 
So dominion implies caretaking, not control. It's a caretaking role. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He created both of them, male and female. Not one male and one female. Created humanity as male and female, a mix of both. We all have that. Because both are necessary. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Ooh, subdue. Go back to the roots of the word. The support or giving of oneself from below. Mm. Yeah. Again, a supportive caretaking. Hold it up. Honor it. Stewardship. Yeah. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Okay, a ruler in those days had as much responsibility as they had right to make decisions and choice. Their subjects were their responsibility. So yes, they had, they had them as workers, but they had to provide for them. They had to provide places to live and as much care as was required and to make sure they had enough food to feed their families. This was the job of a ruler in that time. It's not like that now, but we forget that a ruler back then made the rules and made sure everybody had what they needed. Then God gave them all the plants for food, all the animals to care for, and called it all good. Period. End of story. No tilling, no toiling, no sweat of the brow to earn your way as a lowly human, no suffering as part of our work, no exile, no alienation, no separation, none of that is in there. That was the first story of creation in the Hebrew text. It was actually written, put down in writing, and even told as a story long after the second story. So the evolution of a story of people being exiled and alienated and all of that sort of went by the wayside and the second story evolved, a more spiritually accepting story evolved over time. So what if that's how our lives are meant to be? What if instead of, well, I have to work my way up, I have to spend 20 years doing whatever this thing that I hate doing or going to college, or I have to do that in order to earn the right to be happy in my work or do what I love. What if instead it's, look, it's all given. You have every right, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, to find how you're best in service, to find what is your gift to give. Be happy doing it. Be supported doing it. What if the right and perfect li livelihood is available for all of us, and that it all fits together perfectly like a giant cosmic puzzle? What if we're actually all here on purpose to 
to fit a piece of that puzzle. Well, I have to wonder if we're going to come to a point where each and every person figures out what service means to them, mm -hmm. that deep, heartfelt, soul-giving service. Right. But there's another side of that, mm -hmm. is that for each one who gives service, there's gratitude that comes back. Right. And right now, what's missing is the gratitude. Mm -hmm. But I think that we, it feels to me like we are evolved into a place where there will be the service, there will be the people doing mm -hmm. that. But there will also be people on the other side being grateful that there's someone willing to do it. Okay. So, does anyone who interacts with the community in, as a service, in service to people, anyone here recognize a complete lack of gratitude coming back? Do you get not, gratitude not, back? Not complete. Uh-huh. It's sprinkled in there. Sprinkled in there. But usually, just specifically speaking on my job, mm -hmm. they're very grateful for the service that we provide. Right. They're they're grateful for the fact that they know we are are paying attention to that time that they need to be collected by and, mm -hmm. and that we're they know we're out there trying to get to them and it's hot and, and then when we get there there's oh it feels so cool in here oh thank you for being on time I'm, and we get it all the time like people wave at us as we go by honk <laughs> at me and stuff like hey hey rub up and I'm like hey you know, <laughs> all day long. And, and, and they do I, I find that they do recognize that service uh -huh. as being important and that they are grateful for it yeah so we haven't all had a good model as to how to express our gratitude but I seems like it's not absent, but we're in shift. Kathy? You know, I volunteer at the hospital, and I, I've been doing it for 10 years, and it, what's really strange is before COVID, very seldom did we have anybody tell us how grateful they were for our, our being there, all the volunteers. Uh -huh. But once we were all gone, Oh yeah, and we weren't doing that work anymore. <laughs> when we came back, they yeah. would have bowed down and kissed our feet. I'm telling you, right. they were so, so we grateful we were coming back. But we don't do it for that. We do it because it makes us feel good to help people. Right. You know. But they just didn't. You know. Some people just they take the fact that you're there to do something for them for granted. Right. You know. And so when we weren't there to do it anymore, they thought, well, wow. We were very grateful for it when we had yeah. it. Right. You know, it's the old saying, you don't know what you've got till you lose it. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot of gratitude out there. And I think it's evolving to where you're getting more of it now than you were, say, five years ago. Right. Because people realized how much things changed yeah. in an instant. Right. They so, can and they do sometimes. Yeah. There's a, there's a story the, you know, uh, a success story that says that it's better to be served than to serve. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. That's, I have arrived because people are waiting on me. And, right. And, you know, and I think that's probably where that well, yeah, contempt mm -hmm. for people who serve yeah. comes from. I can I can feel like I'm a success because people are waiting on me hand and foot. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's not pretty, but I, but it's there and it's it has an effect on people. Yeah. So all these are all threads. How complex the weave of the story. 
that we're living under and how how many threads need to shift and change and, you know and it, it's happening over time okay a couple more and then I'm going oh okay good conversation I love it. I, I was just thinking right here right now what can we do to offer more gratitude how mm -hmm. do we treat the clerks in the stores how right. do we treat the people that are serving us mm -hmm. are we expressing a thank you or if they have a name tag calling them by their name right. so that yes. you're recognizing it's a person not a yeah. machine behind the counter I mean there are little things that right. we can start doing to yeah. show gratitude for the work the service that they are giving right regardless of what the service is yeah and I've been in a store where the clerk has been really cranky, but the minute you look at their name tag and call them by name, right. their whole attitude changes. Yeah. Oh, someone because sees they're being me. recognized. Right. Someone sees me. Yeah. So I was looking at different spiritual traditions, and so not just the story of Genesis came up, but, but from the Buddhist tradition, there are these ideas that everything worth doing takes work, meaning it takes effort, but the ideal is to find work according to one's dharma. So what, what's dharma? There's a word we may or may not be familiar with. I missed the word you just Dharma. Said. Dharma. I can't get it. What's the word? Dharma. D -d dharma. Like karma with a D. Yeah, like karma, but with a D. Dharma. Anybody know what that means? Isn't that your calling? Your calling? Yeah. What are you here for? Right Why are you here? Your right livelihood, your right way of giving your gift, your perfect sense of service. Your creative contribution. Your creative contribution. So Buddhists teach that once what you're doing aligns with what you're here to do, purpose. it's your purpose. Then you're in alignment. Then your life is in alignment. So. Different spiritual traditions have a different way of talking about that same idea, but that it's, it's within us. We come here with it, but we need to discover it, maybe. Some maybe discover it. Some of the young people are discovering really early right now what's theirs to do. So well, the wage slave thing can, can distract you from finding your It can, your yeah, karma. it can. So are there other traditions that you guys, oh, go ahead. Um, I think one of the things that I learned when I was in college in Hawaii was um, they have a word called kuleana, mm -hmm. and it's like viewed as privilege. It's like purpose, but in this almost like fashion where it's like a blessing, privilege yeah. to serve my family, to serve the land. And so right. we think of like purpose sometimes as like, oh, well, I'm finding my purpose like a selfish thing in our yeah. culture. And instead of like, kind of reframing it and seeing it as like this is your place, this is your blessing and your privilege to right. serve and that kind of shifted like I just was like it's kind of like the stewardship like you were talking yeah. about in yeah. the scripture but I think it's, kind of like, it's a beautiful way to, to see it as your privilege. Yeah, it really is and true service to me that it, it is a privilege. When I learned that I started ministry school and learned that the word minister means service. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean y'all stand up and y'all hail me now. You know, <laughs> it's not that. It's not about what you were talking about, yeah. you know, people serving me. 
It's about me being in service and having it be a privilege to be in service and honor. And I was warned that if that wasn't it, don't do it, don't go there. Because that's how people in those sorts of positions hurt other people without meaning to. Chris? Well, Jesus modeled that example. Right. Yeah. As a model for how to be in this yeah. world in service without feeling put upon. Right. Yeah. There's many of those models in our culture all through history. But I think I am going to wrap up. I'm just going to ask one more question. But, well, maybe I will, just quickly. Does anyone have another tradition that you practice with or through or from that has ideas about work that you'd like to share? Anything that hasn't come up? Well, I guess um, I don't have a particular practice in working with, but definitely a, a concept of, of living more connected to each other, to the earth. And mm -hmm. so with, with our farm, we have called it a farmily because mm -hmm. the true concept is to try to figure out how to holistically do life, not just having one particular task that we're doing or responsible for, but that we're all doing all the things necessary mm -hmm. to supply ourselves with some of the basics like food and, mm -hmm. and, and hopefully we're moving towards shelter and things like that. But um, and the concept that it's not just about doing the work of those things, but being connected to self and nature and each other at the same right. time. Yeah. So it's a transitionary thing, I feel like, you know, we've right. stepped so far away from it that that's yeah, the intent. Yeah, some time to find our way. Yeah, back to yeah. something more holistic. Right. Okay. I was, I was thinking about the the Hindu philosophy has has three different ways your your mm -hmm. worship shows up. One is bhakti yoga or devotion devotional worship, mm -hmm. kind of like uh, Jesus's bath. Um, Vishana yoga, which is uh, the meditation, the, the kind of intellectual path, mm -hmm. and then the other one is karma yoga, the karma the yoga of action, and. Uh, Ideally, I think we blend all three of those in our in our practice. But I think I think what the message is is bring your spirituality into your work. Don't right. don't check it at, at the right. office door. That's what it's for. Yeah, <laughs> it's for being in your life in a way that's grounded and connected and in service. But we have to start within ourselves, right? Because if we're not grounded and connected. If we don't have our stuff sorted out, it's really hard to show up in our, in our lives in that way. So I'm going to close this up with a, just a short, a short prayer. Know with me now that there's only one thing going on here, one presence, one source, one life. We cease to attempt to name it because all names are insufficient. But we simply feel its presence within us and all around us right now. 
This one is life itself expressing as all of creation. It is the intelligence of the universe, the divine order in all that is. It is the love that gives tirelessly of itself. It is the possibility of peace and joy and beauty that dwells within each one of us. It is the freedom to express and experience life in whatever way we choose. And it lives in, through, and as me now, as each one of us now. This, this is the deepest truth. And so I simply accept these gifts of spirit. I give thanks for them, and to show my gratitude, I make best use of them. I walk consciously in the world, determined to be the authentic expression of love, of peace, joy, beauty, freedom, compassion, these things that our world so desperately needs. Thank you, Spirit, for my growing awareness, for the courage and willingness to accept and follow my inner guidance, for the many gifts that are showered down upon me, today and every day. I am so very thankful. Centered in this gratitude and in the deep faith that all of life is working for the growth and evolution of all, I release my word, I release this prayer, trusting in its heartfelt intention, feeling its truth, calling it done. And so it is. Oh. Good conversation today. Every week we have good conversations. <laughs> we all hold so much wisdom and so much experience, and we learn so much from one another, listening to one another. So as we close up, um, we invite you to join in the celebration of the work that we're doing in the world by sharing of your financial good, should you choose to do that. If you're at home, you can go to mysticheart.org and find our donate button or our mailing address. And as we move into this time of giving, um, I invite you to hold this affirmation, this short prayer, close to your heart and know how deeply we appreciate every gift. It's coming. Okay. As I awake into the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance, and so it is. Amen. Enjoy Jack Johnson and company with a little bit of love. Let's pretend we're all in Hawaii. And roll up. And Mali, little bit of love. <coughs> Scene two, handheld, take three. One.
thank you thank you father mother God for supporting thank you each person here for supporting our vision of a love-soaked world and our journey toward making that into a reality with deep gratitude for all of the gifts I just say thank you Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Satu, Ashe, Aho.
I said, and here we go. <laughs> or maybe here we don't go. <laughs> All together, hand in hand, we see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me, take your past and set it free, and share this blessing. Love be with you, peace unfold you, spirit lift you. Breathe it in, truth come through you, may good flow to you, let your renew you until we meet again. Love be with you, Aloha Ilana. Love be with you. Love be with you. Love be with you. Sunday and uh, better yet stay and have lunch if you'd like. Mm -hmm.